0: Who frowns? And the people
1: that listen to this? How can we see them? But well, we can't see them.
2: Sometimes they can see us if we go up live on Facebook.
0: Mm. Mm hmm.
2: Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear. Can you hear me
0: now? Yeah. Oh, are we gonna get sued for that? I can hear. I can hear the crickets outside. It's a wonderful night at the studio. Mm hmm. Air, crickets, sun's going down.
2: Mm hmm about to get real
0: Yep. know yep. how's our uh, viewership doing <coughs> numbers are up I don't know yeah sure you were, you're supposed to follow me yeah and say they are like going through the roof
1: they're they're skyrocketing so much I can't even keep track of them anymore
2: well my parents are back from Alaska so that's probably why it's up
0: hmm <laughs> okay well, oh, every time I turn around on Facebook, I see new views and new new people. It's like, pew, 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 pew. so it's got to be going up, right? Sure. <laughs> should we should we shitcan the show and just say we're done with this? No, we actually, hit 50 and now actually, we're done.
1: Actually, I, I don't. I haven't checked it in a long time. I don't know.
0: <laughs> we're on top of things here at the uh, Paris studio. Yeah. Rob has a lot of time on his hands. Oh, mm-hmm. I was busy. He was busy driving. <laughs> driving. Driving ghost. <laughs> Alright. Yep. So are we, are we actually going to keep this part?
1: Yeah, we're recording.
0: No, that wasn't the question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't edit. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, man, this is starting out good. Let's, um, where do want to go I feel go like with I
2: should have worn my glasses tonight. This is very strange for me.
0: I wore because I didn't print these big enough sometimes, and I just always forget them.
2: So Jeff's got his glasses on, Rob's got his glasses on, I have mm. my contacts in. I wish I, why don't you guys tell me it's glasses night?
0: We didn't know that, and feel, we didn't know it, it was Uber sunglasses. night either.
2: I feel left out. You could wear your sunglasses. Alright, I'm going to wear my sunglasses during the show. And I won't be able to read any of my notes. Pretty soon sure you'll
1: What's be bad. wearing your sunglasses at night. Oh, you
2: like these? Yes, I do. $4, Home Depot.
1: Home Depot?
2: Yep. Just wow. a, no, you. Oh. I have a gold pair, too.
0: What was that all about? (laughs) I was excited.
1: I was impressed that you got sunglasses at Home Depot. I didn't know
2: they sold sunglasses at home. Right on the end cap near the cashier. And everyone's always like, oh, I love those glasses. Mm -hmm. $4 Home Depot. Who would have thought?
1: That's why I said, wow. Okay, I wouldn't have thought.
2: I know. Maybe I'll wear them in my near death experience.
0: Oh, you'd look badass. Right?
2: Mm -hmm. Walking up to the pearly gates with my badass sunglasses on right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that like...
0: Yep. Well, I'm just looking at the reflection of your sunglasses and I can see my bald ass head <laughs> shining everywhere. Yeah, there's
1: gotta be like a serious glare coming off those
0: glasses right now from both directions for I've you. Yeah, we're shiny. Me and Robert, are shiny glasses people. At
2: night.
0: Okay, so we're gonna die on this show? Yes. And then we're yeah. gonna come back? And then yeah. we're gonna tell what our experiences yes. are? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, you're gonna be a pickle tonight, aren't I you? I sure am. <laughs> At least you got a green shirt on. We're good to go. Mm -hmm.
2: Hi, Jeff. (laughs) Hi, Allison. How are you? (laughs) I'm okay. Rob, how are you? I'm peachy. (laughs) (laughs) So, tonight's topic, first of all, welcome to Parababble. I don't even think we've said the name of the show. We just babbled on for the first eight minutes and no one even knows what we're doing. Didn't your parents stop listening? Yep, my dad's already mad. We didn't swear. You did. You said the S word. Yeah,
1: but we're babbling. At
2: the
0: very end,
1: didn't I say it at the end?
2: You said it just now as we were talking in the beginning of this. Oh, darn it. You did.
0: Gosh. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right.
2: Yeah, so parababble. Parababble. Where we babble? I don't know. About random things. Oh my
0: god, people are going to turn this off immediately. Yeah.
2: Tonight's show near death experiences. Let's get into they it. They probably
0: want death after that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Have any of us in this room had a near-death experience?
1: Nope. No. No. No? No. Well, that's that's it for this episode. (laughs) You could reach us at Podcast at (laughs) (laughs) gmail.com. We're at Parababble on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Good night.
2: We could do things, though, that would cause you to have a near-death experience.
0: There are things. Mm Mm-hmm. We could take some drugs.
2: Yep. Bob? Sure. You could faint. Like those goats, fainting <laughs> goats. Yeah, yeah, they're great. So
0: they're having like out of body experiences, near death experiences when they faint.
1: Yes, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I just, You said faint, and I remember those. Are these too many ago.
0: questions that we're directing at you right now?
1: Yeah, my mind is wandering right now. She said faint, and I just thought of the YouTube video. Do you have to turn goats. your app off? I
0: mean, do we have to focus you?
1: No, nothing's on. It's just updating.
0: No, I meant your other app. What app? Okay.
2: Did you coordinate your pen
0: with your shirt today? Oh. I sure (laughs) did.
2: You're looking very matchy matchy today. This is
1: the pen I always
2: use. This is the pen I always use. Mine's green, too. Um, wow. I didn't really bring a
0: pen. I just brought, like, a really liquidy-type highlighter.
2: Okay, so, near-death experiences.
0: Uh, we're just going to have to edit this whole ten minutes of nothingness out. No, I think I think it's good. Why did we good? want
2: to do a show about near-death experiences? I honestly don't remember.
0: Because Jeff <laughs> has been bitching and whining about it for, like, ever and a year.
2: All right, Jeff, so why don't you start us off if this is a, uh, a topic that originally piqued your interest. What can you tell us about near-death experiences? What are they? What happened? I can
0: say that I am at a crossroads with the near-death and what people, what scientists and doctors will try to separate. A lot of people have like a, um, a lot of the same things that come out of a near-death experience. You know, there's, there's the classic tunnel, the white light. Um, floating above and waiting and then they're pulled back into their body or it's not their time or they're greeted by family members, friends along the way, or angels or guardians. They've been known to show up a time or two. Uh, I'm on the the fence when it comes to subjects like this because it's like alien abduction, not to get off the topic. Mm -hmm. But if I read a story about you being abducted and you had these weird experiences that happened. Well, why can't I? I, 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 I was abducted. Yeah, I was in this w- room that was bright and there was these aliens over me and they had these things doing stuff. Anal probe. Hmm? Anal probes? Yeah. Hmm. Sorry. Um, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> so basically there's two lines of thinking when it comes in the, death. There's absolutely two lines and of thinking. They are very, very different. The, si- the, the science end of things says it's not real. It's your body's reaction. Mm. These are all the things that happen in the, and this is why. Right. And the metaphysical side of things says, oh no, this is definitely something that is a true phenomenon. It's happening. So many people have these shared experiences. There's got to be something to it.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. but okay. what scares me is the shared experiences.
2: And you're on the fence about how I'm on the it fence was.
0: because after doing some research on this and just talking to people that uh, I've met along the way that have actually gone that route, it's so easy to say that I was having a dream and this is what happened and I came back out of it. It could be sleep paralysis yeah. or lack of oxygen or some really good drugs because it's so easy to mimic it. But when you sit down and talk to some of these people... They are very believable in what they know, and it's altered their life. You know, it becomes a it becomes a whole new vision once they come back around. You know, are you are you thinking you did it? Yeah, okay, great. You had one, or you just thought you had one. But the people who are, I believe, truly changed are the ones that have saw something or have been there, and when they come back into this this physical form, they, their whole outlook is like. This is nothing. I don't know what I'm all about, but I know where I'm going, and it's much better. How do you have that vision over one night? You know, I I talked to a uh, gentleman that came to my house a few years ago, and his wife has cancer. And I don't... We got on the subject of paranormal activity because he had a... um, He had some equipment that he used to look for uh, stuff. And I said, oh, blah, 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 blah. And he told me that his wife had cancer and that she's had um, out-of-body experiences where she's died. And come back on the table like six, seven, eight, nine different times. But she's really ill. I said, came back, really. I said, well, what, what's the other side? What's waiting? Because now I'm peaked. He's completely convinced that the other side, when you go there, it's great. I, her, she came After the first time she came back... No matter what type of pain she was in, she knew she was heading to a better place. So there was a complete changeover in her personality and outlook. I said, well, okay, so give me some examples. I mean, I have questions. We have heaven and hell, right? He goes, there's absolutely a heaven and hell according to her when she spoke to people. I said, okay, so we know who goes to heaven. Who goes to hell? And how is that determined? Well, she's gone under a couple of times. She's come back. And the people who have done, I go, okay, how about Hitler? Where did he go? If our God is all loving and forgiving, where does he go? Well, she came back with an answer. Well, he gave me the answer, but I asked those questions, like, you know, criminals, killers, and stuff like that. They are <clears throat> they are uh, put into a special place where they learn to rehab, in a sense. They did wrong on this physical planet, so they're being rehabbed. So... This experience, she kept going under and going under and coming so. back and getting more information. She sees family. She sees friends. She's been to that light tunnel, but it is not her time. It's like eight or different, eight, nine times he said she went under and came back. Now, okay, he was fully convinced with it, and it pulled me into the conversation really hard. But my thing is, what? The, she's going in for surgery. She's going under you know, is is it drug-induced? Is it lack of oxygen? I mean, we have all these monitors that watch us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything looks normal. Uh, Rob wants to talk here.
1: Mm, well, I mean, that's true. She might be on drugs, but to me, like, if the, she is, like, legit dying, and they know that she's dead, like, when they have her hooked up, and mm-hmm. that's something, too, so... Well, yeah. I don't know. It's not a near-death experience, and it is a death experience. It's like a... Well, near
0: death, parents. but meaning, you know, you, you almost of, crossed that yeah. line and we couldn't bring you back. Mm-hmm. But when they come back, they come back loaded with all this information. Yeah. And the couple people that I have talked to along the way, there is no, like, absolute bullshit in their life. It is completely like, that's fine. It'll pass. This this means nothing. Oh, your car's broke? Whatever. We'll get it. It's it, It's like a lack of... This is not real anymore to them. and when they go, it's twice what this what people make this it's better it's bigger. you know the afterlife is huge. So that side of the fence there's people who can repeat that over and over and over and you say okay, great but then you start looking at the medical side of it and they, they really put up a good battle you know when people like you said people pass out they the tunnel that they see, not enough oxygen in the brain your eyes get tight you only see so much you know it, it, drugs yeah. you know it's another thing that puts them out there
2: well it, the scientific the scientific explanation is that it is the body's psychological and physiological response mechanism to fear so when you become fearful your body starts to produce chemicals in the brain mm-hmm. that calm the individual, mm-hmm. individual while inducing euphoric sensations to reduce trauma so They've been able to, like, recreate this in a lot of people. And I have some information about some studies that that I found that I thought were really interesting. Because the weird thing about it is that they can recreate it doing these certain kinds of things. But not everyone that has a near-death experience has a true near-death experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, not everybody yeah, has some kind of vision control. or, you know. Yeah, right. Right. I have stuff on that, too. Well, they took, like,
0: yeah. X amount of people. Like, one of the surveys I saw, they took X... 58 patients, Um, it said they encountered it and they found that 30 were not actually in danger of dying. So it lowered it down, but it was still, it still put it like 3% of America or whatever they did to study.
2: It speaks to that whole fear thing. Like if you ever, if you're ever like, you know, I remember being a kid and like riding my bike and like falling off my bike and like the fear of really being hurt at that exact moment, like you feel different. You know, if you get hit in the head for that moment, you see, you know, quote unquote stars, like it's Mm -hmm. a bright light. Right. Something happens. Like, I feel that when your body starts to produce certain signals to your brain, there's just automatic things that start to happen. So whether it's long scale that it's happening, you know, for a longer period of time because of what your body's going through, or if it's happening very short span because it's an immediate response, I don't know. But it's weird. It's weird that they're almost all exactly the same. That to me says that that's your body doing some kind of thing.
0: So it's not necessarily... you you're what side do you take on this? I mean, do you I mean, you've not dabbled in stuff, but we go on the limbs and find and have different topics through what you know, what would you kind of feel is the correct answer? Is it is it a scientific thing that all our bodies do that at different points if we uh, hit a wall, so to speak? Or is it, you know, that you're actually going to the other side and you're seeing a taste of it? I mean, and we're trying to keep religion out of this, right?
2: Well, yeah, because uh, I mean...
0: Because religion will just clutter up the view. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing, too, though. I mean, if if so many people are having these kind of experiences when they're almost dying, you also got to think if it is, like, scientific, it could still make sense that not all of them will have it because, you know, like I also was saying, like, if you're a kid falling off your bike or whatever, mm-hmm. like, different kids are going to be having different levels of fear during that moment. So maybe when people are having these near death experiences, the ones that don't. Have it, maybe they're for whatever reason not afraid, they might be drugged up when it's happening, they don't know that it's happening, or you know, maybe oh, this wouldn't make sense then, it would kind of contradict it if they were already like out on the operating table, like that moment that you were talking about, like they're already asleep, so they're not aware that they're having this near death experience. Okay, so I don't know, now it can go either way.
2: I mean, it's kind of like you know, the chicken, right. The chickens run around the yard, you cut the chickens off head off, the chicken still runs around the yard for, you know, another three minutes until it finally like kills over. Like I think there are just certain things that happen in your body in response to things. And we're so far advanced and we use what, ten percent of our brain? You know, like a very small percentage mm-hmm. of what our brain is actually capable of, that I really feel like your body knows when it's breaking down. It knows when systems are failing, things are happening. It's like the Enterprise, okay? So just imagine this. The Enterprise is on a, on a mission through space, right? We're talking Star Trek? Yes. Okay. The Enterprise. Okay. So there is a ship attacking the Enterprise, and it blows out an engine and knocks out the shields. But they know that they have to get the shields back up because that's the most important thing to keep the, the, the everybody safe. So they'll divert power... From one thing to put it towards the other because that's what they have to do it's almost like your body is just mentally you know it's like doing those things It's like an
1: automated system yeah
2: like it knows like your it brain should be the out. last thing
1: it's like a computer yep so, so it's, it's protecting itself because
2: people know like if you get hypothermia the first thing your body starts to do is pull blood away from your extremities because mm-hmm. it gives it to your heart and to the vital the organs that it really truly needs that's why people lose their fingers and toes first Like, that's not a conscious thing that we think. Like, we don't think, like, oh, my God, I'm freezing. Pull my blood out of my toes. Uh Like, your body just knows to do that. So I don't think it's too crazy to think that there's a series of things that happen. There's triggers that go off that your brain says, okay, this is what's happening. Instead of panicking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. This is going to be terrible. It starts to calm you down. And it starts to give you images that are comforting. Hmm.
1: But then I have to wonder why don't people have these kind of experiences in other situations that are maybe just as traumatizing or fearful to them that aren't necessarily, oh, my God, I'm going to die. It's other feelings of panic.
0: So you're saying not in a trauma situation? Well, it might be trauma, but it
1: might not be, you know, I'm dying. It could be another kind of panic. You know, like people deal with that all the time.
2: Well, maybe your body knows the difference between something you're going to recover from and something you're not.
1: Mm. But it's all about how you feel. Some people might not feel like they're going to... Recover from...
0: Whatever. Fear that they're well, having people, whatever. People have you different... If, people have... People's perception... Well, of stuff is different. But like you said, Allison... Your, bo- your body might just have that... That mechanism in you going... Alright, it's uh, fight or flight. You know, fight, fight or fight or whatever. And it's going to protect everything. It can. But in your head... You might not be at that spot, like you're saying. How does how do people not get affected by that? Or is, I just think it's different levels. Because if that was the case, then everybody would be having near-death experiences, tripping over the line if they're fearful of something.
1: Like think about like if someone went, went on a roller coaster or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of feeling. Like other pe- people are going to be affected by it differently. You know,
2: but I think your brain rationalizes that like you're not in the same kind of danger you know what I mean? Like, it's something external versus internal.
0: You know, a good example, you know on the roller coaster, when you get to that top one, that you look down and say you're the first person in the first cart, and you look down going, oh no, but your body knows in five, six seconds, it's going to be at the bottom of that drop. You are going to make it through that drop, and you're going to continue. So your body reacts in a series of thoughts.
1: Oh, people die in roller coasters.
0: Really? We're going to go there? Yes, we are.
2: But I think it would be different. Like, if you if you jumped off the side of a building, that feeling of free-falling down to your death would be mm-hmm. much different than somebody in a roller coaster going up to the top of the hill and coming down. Because you
0: know at the end, it's 30 seconds later, you're done.
2: Well, because yeah. I think your brain rationalizes those kinds of things. Well,
1: yeah, then it could be like, maybe people are chasing like some sort of portion of that feeling, you know,
0: like going on roller coasters,
1: mm-hmm. or people that skydive or bungee jump. Shit like that. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I think we... Talk, well, yeah. I, I go, I'm going to go with that whole rationalization thing. That so makes...
2: Seven kind of common themes to near-death experiences. These are like... So there's a whole bunch of studies that have been done. These are the things that keep coming up over and over and over again that people mention when they've had this near-death experience. The top one is fear. There's some kind of fear that's happening. Whether it's conscious or subconscious, it's fear. And if you think about that, you know, on some level, you probably know that something bad is happening. Okay. So, some kind of reaction to that. People see animals and they see plants. Hmm. There's a bright light.
0: You're going back to Earth? Bright
2: lights. Sometimes, one of the things that people have said is that there's some kind of violence so whether it's violence that they're witnessing from, like, the out-of-body experience, like, seeing yourself being operated on or trying to be revived or, or something like that. Um, senses of deja vu. Like, this is something that has happened again. And we know that deja vu is not metaphysical. It's just your brain. It's a glitch in the brain. Doing what it's doing. People seeing family. And then, obviously, recalling these events. But the thing that happened most frequently is that it comes after post-cardiac arrest.
0: Heart attacks. Yep. Let's step back a little bit.
2: (laughs) I I knew that was coming.
0: (laughs) So, deja vu Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. hasn't happened.
2: No, it's it's, happened. It's just, it's not... It's not what you think it is. Why? Why? It's um
1: I'm play I'm
0: just playing No, the I don't know
1: any here. of the scientific terms here cuz it's
0: just We haven't been there now. before mm-hmm. when you walked into that similar no. spot going It's um I've been here. Mm-hmm. I've been in a situation mm-hmm. you can tell where a person is, mm-hmm. what's going to happen.
1: The way that they've explained it the best way I I can remember to explain it without using any of the scientific terms that I don't remember right now is that it's like a glitch in your brain where your brain almost like rewinds itself for however many seconds that it was. So like when you walk into some place It'll just like rewind back on itself like a couple seconds. They've proven this, and you're like, "Hey, wait a minute! Wasn't I just here?" And and you were because you were just there a couple seconds ago, but your memory just kind of like. I said back to future shit Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah.
0: Ooh, I swore to. Sorry. I said shit too. (laughs) Oh. Well, you're in green. You're allowed to. I am. So okay, so deja vu. But um, I know heart attacks because that's that was part of the research too. That a lot of people. When they get into that spot, and that could be again lack of oxygen. It could be so many different little elements, and the whole trauma thing is, they use an example of this gentleman who was whistling and singing, walking to the street, and he had less than a split second to think, and he looked over and he got hit by a truck, and automatically he was, he came back, but he saw the light. He was on the other side. It was peaceful. They saw that he saw them working on him. And they he got sucked right back into his body. And he woke up screaming in the hospital for somebody to help him to take him out of this pain. Because where he was, he was not in pain. So is your brain giving some type of, uh, I don't know, whether they use dopamine, whatever, if that feeling of euph- euphoric feeling that...
2: Well, they, they've... they've- documented cases of like people being in like horrific car accidents or mm-hmm. people being shot or people having like serious trauma to their bodies that you think would be excruciatingly painful. Right. But when people are getting towards the end of, of passing away, the pain subsides.
0: Is that an accept? Is that your body accepting you well, know it's your time?
2: I think it's your brain
0: Same. Fit, We're done. sending Turning. those endorphins yeah. or doing
2: whatever they're doing because it realizes that it's, you can't handle it. So it's
0: time to let go and then you just numb out.
2: Like, it's the craziest thing. But if you see, like, if you read about, like, people, like, especially first responders and people like that, when they talk about how people are leaving, Mm -hmm. you know, like, they all say, like, a calmness came over them. Like, a peace came over them.
0: Like, they just knew.
2: Yeah. It's very, very odd. And I. I, Something's got to be causing that.
0: Well. True. I mean, I can see where the trauma comes in and then you kind of, like you said, your body goes into this protective state. You know, if you're going to die and they say you you die tragically, say you do. Well, I don't want to go, no, I don't want to go that route. But it's
2: like, you know, shock when your body goes into right. shock. I mean, though, what are the symptoms of shock? You know, you become cold, you become numb, you can't feel anything. You know, I mean, all those things, it's your body shutting down because it's trying to compensate for what's happening. It's pulling away from resources that it knows you're not going to need at that particular moment and trying to give it to something that will help you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it definitely makes sense scientifically. It's just, I don't know, it's still strange in those situations where it happens so suddenly that you're not aware but do you think that you're that in a situation.
2: People just want to believe that there's something after this. Absolutely, oh, so, yeah, like Definitely. Even on some subconscious level, if you're going, if, you're, if, you, if your body knows on some level that this is what's happening, don't you think that that thought is already in your head? I think for some people, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And maybe that's why not everyone has this near-death experience. Because maybe for somebody who doesn't believe in those things, it doesn't pop mm-hmm. into their head, even on a subconscious level.
0: Right, like I just said earlier, if that was the case, everybody would be
1: doing this. Right. And not everybody does. I found a article that did a scientific study. Uh, they took, like, 154 people that had near-death experiences, and it was conducted by, like, a legit university of Liege in Belgium.
0: Belgium? Yes. Is this Dr. Mm-hmm. Laurie? Laura? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And they did, they they conducted a study to see, like, what the the similarities were. In in these people that had near-death experiences, not all of them had any kind of, like, phenomenon happen to them. But most did. The most common was a feeling of peacefulness, like we've been saying. That that was in 80% of the people. Yeah, but, Mm -hmm.
0: again, if I, you know, I, I twist on it because it's like, as a child, you know, we are told growing up that certain things aren't real. Our, our eyes and our our, met, our third eye is closed off a lot of people have that closed off and they never end up experiencing what some of these people are telling them that happens and then there are those who don't do not close off and listen to what society says and they are the ones that we take stories from and what is going on so you got all these people that are having these near-death experiences well yeah The story I just told you about the lady with the cancer and stuff going on down, and she has all this information coming back, it could be happening. But you know what? I also know the story because I heard it. So if I wake up one morning or in the night and I feel like I can't move, but yet I'm floating and what's going on, I can just associate the story to what I've heard.
2: And I feel like maybe the first time it happened to her it was legit. Or at least she thought it was legit, but then that's already implanted in her brain. So every time that those circumstances happen again, especially if she's trying to like get information, yeah, but she's you know?
0: she's dying on the table for surgeries. She's had like eight or nine of those, and she's come back yeah, she from every to one, one of them. Expect it
1: eventually,
2: right? Because after the first time, it's already a memory, but it's the first
1: already in there.
0: It's always the first time, but she comes back with different information each time. You know, the first time was there is a heaven and hell. She saw this. She went in there the next time. She knew how people were divided out. There's so many different... <laughs>
2: your brain is yeah. so crazy, though. Have yeah. you ever, like... Have you ever tried to do this? Have you ever thought about something before you went to sleep? hmm And then had a dream about it? Mm-hmm. Like, purposefully. And then you dream about it. Because you're putting, you're putting the thought in your brain already. You're not conscious when you're sleeping.
0: Right.
2: You know? You're not, like, imagining... You know? Those things are happening on a subconscious level. A or good.
0: going to a job and you do something every day repetitively. Eventually, if it's whatever, it's in you. You know it. It's like part of you.
1: A, a good question to ask that that woman that had those experiences. Mm-hmm. Did she believe in heaven and hell before
2: that?
0: She. What did he say? I believe she said yes. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk to yeah. an
2: atheist who's had a near-death experience yeah. and see mm-hmm. if they've actually had one. Or a religious person. There are stories find. out
0: there of atheists that have yeah. had that. Well, again,
1: science. They'll have to go go towards science. Well, of course. I want to go to the person that is religious and believes in heaven and hell and has a near-death experience and is like, no, there is no heaven and hell. It's this way. It's this other way. It's funny, too, because the way that you were describing it it Mm -hmm. doesn't sound like heaven and hell. does it?
0: Well, she was on the light side, but there is a dark side, and we are to do well on this planet to acquire our level. You
1: described it as like a rehab, almost like they're trying to get better, but for what?
2: yeah which goes along the lines of being reincarnated yep. coming back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. That's well that's where that's, that's where
0: well, that's Yeah, i didn't want to go into the whole mm-hmm. reincarnation thing because like we can go on for that but yeah you don't reach your level on this this plane you come back around again you got the blueprint okay it didn't work the first time so let's do this again until you get to where your soul and spirit are peaked and that's your true top but
2: I think people have been having near death experiences for as long as there have been people.
0: Well, it's been it's been documented back to uh, ancient Greece. Well, That's if you think about like, documents on it, but the
2: Egyptians. Okay, let's just take the Egyptians for example. So, what would lead them to believe that they had to pack all this stuff into tombs for people to use for the afterlife to travel? Like, how would they have known that there was potential for something like that happen unless something had happened to someone? And if, you, if you're going to say that, then you can say, well, it doesn't matter what, what religion says about that, because that, again, leans more towards science. Somebody had a reaction, you know, they were out like, I don't know, make it a chariot, and they, the wheel fell <laughs> off, and they almost died, you know, and then they didn't end up dying, and this is what they saw, and then they came back and was like, no, you don't understand. This is, there's something after this. And then everybody was like, oh, well, we got to, you know, make sure you pack some food. You know, so they had, a, what, they had, know had a vision of the
0: peyote. Yeah. Well
2: But every culture I can answer has the Egyptian
0: that. question. That's easy. Rock it is aliens. <laughs> Obviously.
2: What about Vikings though? Vikings did the same thing. I mean a lot of early cultures had these ideas that there was this thing that happens after you pass away and they didn't have religion like we do. They didn't have Bibles. They didn't have those things. So something had to have taught them that this was a possibility.
0: But you look okay. Let me know. But you look at the caves and the the, the hieroglyphs that they find around the world, and you see they figure out the storyline on the wall, or they see the sun and they see like this weird-looking ship or a weird-looking type of god or goddess. So it's coming from somewhere, yes. But to Believe with no other. How about the first people that ever saw this stuff? Like you said, was, let's just say the Egyptians was the beginning of all of this. Yeah. How are they getting this?
2: That's what I'm saying. Somebody was out like you right. know, so in the so in the field and got stomped on by a horse and almost died,
0: but really didn't die.
2: And this is you know they came back with this tale of some bright light. Well,
0: <laughs> last this early on in the spring my uncle was working he lives down south he was working in his garden and he's always been allergic to bees and he was in his backyard alone and um, got stung last thing he remembers is waking up he saw a light when he was out because he couldn't breathe but then I thought about it I said well it's not really a near-death experience because he was saying you know I saw this light I couldn't I said, well, that could be him choking out oxygen because his body is, you know, trying to fight this, this sting. So, yeah, he could come back very easily and say, oh, there's this just bright light, you know. And then I came to and then everything came back into focus and I realized I was in pain because he passed out. Yada, yada, yada. So, where does it truly begin, you know, and how does it get there? And why are so many stories identical? Why isn't there someone turning around and saying, "You know what? That's crap. This is what happened right here."
2: <laughs> what, Rob?
0: <laughs> Everyone's got to... Y- y- we need a camera on this because we, when we do this, we all just kind of stop and we're still thinking like three sentences behind what that person was just saying. Going, wait a minute, hey, I'm not. What? What? Hang on. Can we go back?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go back like five minutes, five whole minutes back. No, not even. Um, okay. Deja vu. So no. Alright, so we say, you know, these, these bright lights, these experiences that they all have, you know, it could be science-based. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm sciencey. Sure, go for it. And and then start picking apart, like, these holes here. hmm It's caused because of fear, you know, in the mind. Like, you know.
0: Well, what's your greatest fear? Your
1: head goes, but you're going to die. But, then we were talking about, like, all these ancient cultures and, like, all these other religions and all this, that, and the other. What about these people that are, like... These have these certain religions or, like, these ancient cultures that were, like, we're living now, but when we die, you don't really die. You just move on and you're with whatever you, the next life is. And there, there really is no fear whatsoever that, is it still, like, an automated thing, like you said, with the, the hypothermia? Or, and then if it is, why?
2: Well, because I think when your body starts to shut down there's an automatic thing that happens. It's mm-hmm. like, think of your body as a machine, okay? And it's, let's say that it's, it prints the same thing over and over and over again. And something in that gets messed up and it, it stops working. Paper jam. Right. So your body then is trying to to work through. It's sending signals like, this is a problem. We have to fix this. So it's not that you, and you might not even be fearful. Do you know what I mean? But your body is sensing that those things are happening and it's triggering
1: maybe those
2: reactions. It's like a reboot
1: of your self. Turn it on and off again. Well, what Just are doctors? To come back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, did you unplug it and unplug plug, plug it, it back in? <laughs> in. <laughs> Inside joke, we'll get to it at some point. But what about these doctors that patients are really like in a bad trauma accident and they don't know if they're going to make it through, they induce you into a coma so your body can do what it's supposed to do naturally and reboot itself because if you weren't in a coma your body would be completely going in different directions so they shut you down you're not there anymore and they just let your physical body repair itself and go from there. Could that be something like that?
2: Yeah, but you can't have a near-death experience while you're in a coma because you're unconscious then.
0: Right. Okay.
2: And that's a big thing. Like People will make the determination you have to be conscious like Conscious to have this happen. Like, you can't be unconscious. If you're unconscious, it can't count as a near-death experience.
0: Yeah, but when you go to sleep,
2: when uh, you die... I accidentally sawed my leg off. I just had a near-death experience. <laughs> <laughs> there, we're doing some remodeling here at Terra Studio. Yeah, you know, it's like dark out, so why not?
0: Yeah. We did, don't sleep Did here.
2: you guys know that there is a um, website called nderf.org? which is the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation.
0: So you can turn around and just say, hey, <whistles> type it in?
2: Yeah. It's www.nderf.org. And they have all kinds of information on their website, everything from archives of all different near-death experiences that people have had to uh, frequently asked questions. There's some resources on there. I mean, it was really interesting. But obviously, it was founded by two people that... Wholeheartedly believe that this is an actual phenomenon. They don't support the scientific end of it at all They think that these are really true experiences that people are having
0: Yeah, But anybody can lie when I mean, they are 15 minutes yeah, of fame No matter
1: which way you look at it is a true experience they're having but is it Their true experience or is it? Right. That's the question
0: I you know The it's tough it's tough I mean, because if you look at us as humans, we are basically all the same. We're structured, built, physically the same, internally, brain, heart, soul, spirit, whatever we want to call it. So our body should react almost identical in some of these situations, I would think, right? Mm -hmm. You would think. But it's not happening to everybody. And that also goes into... Even though we're the same, we're really not the same. Our bodies re- react differently to fear, pressure, trauma.
2: Well, of course, like everyone's got a different perception. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got a different pain threshold. Some right. people can't take pain whatsoever, and other people can like walk around with a broken arm and and awesome. be able to deal with it.
0: Merely a flesh wound.
2: Right, a hundred percent. So that goes along again with the scientific side of things because it's basically saying that people that don't have it might have slightly different reactions to things than those that are having that experience. You know, if I'm fearful because I think I'm going to die, my body's going to react this way. But you could have the exact same situation, and your body is slightly different, so you might have a different experience or no
0: experience. So, like, there are probably a thousand people out there that... Similarly, sim, 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 similar,
1: similar, similarly,
0: similarly, 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 similarly. similarly. <laughs> look like Allison or look like Rob and look like Jeff. I mean, we know there's certain facial patterns out there and go, oh my God, I, you, you could have had a sister over there. So our brains are taking that same type of information and maybe that's what they're pulling in because there are brain patterns that, like when they say two people click, you know, we're like... Twins, we the way we think, the way we do. Mm-hmm. Eventually, all our DNA is going to repattern itself over and over and over, just recopy it. So there are going to be true people out there that are like us. So if we take that into the sense of say fifty-eight percent of the world is having, uh, you know, near death. Well, okay. So since we're kind of recopy the same, maybe that's all of the same type of person, same type of physicality that's put together and the way we're structured that. Only those people are going to see this, you know, near death. is where other people, like you said, might have a higher um, pain threshold. They're not going to get to that point until they have to get a little further.
2: Well, and I think there's a big piece of this too that we we have to understand and look at is that most of these experiences happen as a result of cardiac arrest of some type. So what does that say that people that are having near-death experiences that aren't having some kind of cardiac arrest, are very, very small compared to the amount of people that are. And most people that survive some kind of cardiac arrest are usually shocked back. I mean, think about it. It's the paddles. That's mm-hmm. really what saves people. It's the arrhythmia. It gets your heart going again. I mean, it's some kind of shock to your system. Reboot. Yep.
0: But why do these people come back and they're they're happier... Than pig and crap. Their life has changed. Their vision has changed. Whatever they saw, or whatever. And And even if we we sit here, and just like we said, we saw the light, we saw this. I was told by an angel or a voice that it's not time for you. You have to go back. But you know where you're at in this euphoric state. That's why. Do they all think that?
1: Do they all? It's not your
0: time. Well, I
2: guess they
1: do. But when they
0: come back, though.
2: But that gives you purpose right there. Mm hmm. If something in so your- you're
0: saying, so you're possibly saying that your brain, when you get into such a, a trauma-filled position, your brain says, "Okay, no, we can no. make
2: it through this." We can I make- think it's almost like your body's like, "Nope, you're you're right on the cusp, but you're gonna pull through." And, and it gives your, you these images. Your brain generates some kind of yeah. that feeling, translates into something that makes sense in your head.
0: You know, it's it's definitely debatable all the way around. I mean...
2: I mean, it's like we talk about ghost hunting and matrixing,
0: right? Yes, and you see yes. an image
2: of something, and it is nothing but pixels, but your brain makes it into a girl standing in a window. You know, are you intentionally trying to see that?
0: No, you're trying to intentionally see something. Yeah.
2: Right. So, your brain creates that without you knowing what that is even going to come out to be. And
1: all it takes is that one person. It's like, it's a girl in the window. And then everybody else falls in line and has to say, okay. But you know what I'm saying? Just like like when,
2: when you look at those pixels, you're not thinking, "Is that a girl? Is that a man? Is that a boy? Is that tall? Mm-hmm. Is it short?" Like your brain is making all of those calculations without you even being conscious. Just a of it's a separate part. Happening. It's
0: happening. So with that, when people say that they've seen the light, they've been to the heavenly side. And they've also seen the dark side. This
2: is really starting to mess me up, like big time. Because every time I do something now, I'm like, "Why am I doing it? What is my brain thinking?" (laughs) Like, this is really starting to like mess me up.
0: They see, they see (laughs) hell, or what people coin as hell. If we had no knowledge of heaven and hell, and light and dark, what do you think our brains are going to produce? What do you think is going to pull back the stories? It's, it's, it's in us. At some point, whether you believe or not believe it's there's a reason why you don't do either you grew up this way you do believe that there is a heaven and hell you've been brainwashed one way yes I said brainwashed take it easy thanks for saying it before we did (laughs) Uh, because I already knew where it was going but I was I was talking to our two three people that listened to us Uh um
2: your brain's like a DVR system right that's the way to think about it but if we
0: if we were not brought up to have any religion and we did not know that there was a religion
2: yeah but you could have seen a movie once Mm -hmm. You could have read a book. But take it out. Any experience that you'd heard.
0: Take it out.
2: But it's impossible. Why? Because it's impossible to have no experience in your lifetime.
0: How'd the Egyptians do it? They have no experience of heaven and hell.
2: But I'm saying, like, somebody had to have had something happen.
0: We have to go back further. Because by this time in our generation, everybody knows about heaven and hell. Atheists, the spaghetti monster, the whole ten. So your brain, like you said, unconsciously... Is picked up all this stuff. So when we zap out for a couple minutes and they hit the paddles on us, we come back around, we're in this state of what? Oh, my my brain is this is heaven to me. Okay, this is what this is gonna be. This your, is what you believe in. Your
2: body knows that it has to divert energy from one place to another, so it's trying to slow down the processes to calm you so it can do that. <sighs> ah.
0: I don't know. So it's going to
2: show you images that are pleasant. It's not going to show you images that are scary. There's
0: people who come back saying that they've been in a dark place. It was cold. You know, they felt the fear. They felt the evil. But then there's the other side of the fence. There are people like, you know what? I am so glad that I'm alive. The other people are like, oh, shit, I better change this up. Because when I died and came back, what I saw was not what you saw. I saw fire. I saw, you know, Satan. Other people are like, oh, no, I met my parents, my friends, my dog was there. Is it how we perceive life? Is it a positive person versus a negative person in life?
2: It could be. I mean, and I think it depends on what's in your unconscious brain. Like, what's up in there?
0: See, me, I think if I had a near-death experience... Now, if you
2: grew up on Hellraiser all the time and you had a near-death experience, you're probably not going to think about heaven.
0: Why you got to use that movie as an example? I like that movie. But
2: do you know what I'm saying? It Wasn't
0: really totally directed. Yet, <laughs> I mean, two was even. But anyway, no, I I know what you mean. I, like if so that's,
2: if that's what's stored up in there, and your body, you So know, it might come
0: down to what your your belief system is and how you view the afterworld.
2: I think it, I think it comes down to whatever is is up in your archive. Okay. And is most prevalent. Okay. So what's the first the first and most easy thing to to for your brain to pull?
0: Oh, now it's going to be Pinhead. <laughs> I just watched that the other night by the way I TV yeah. they had one and two on but I don't know it's not it doesn't it was better in the day cuz it was a little more scary but now it's like cheesy.
2: Like we don't understand mm-hmm. how all of this works up here. Well, let me ask you that. We don't we don't get it. We use a very small percentage of it and we still can't figure out all the ins and outs of it.
0: So, <clears throat> we were both raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. We both have our viewpoints where I've kind of walked away from it and kind of came back to it. You walked away after being raised pretty much the same way I was, mm-hmm. hardcore, and you've gone to a different understanding of what the afterworld is. hmm So if you were to have a near-death experience, and I'll answer this. You too, Rob. Spaghetti monster, whatever. Sure. If you have a near-death experience, what do you think you're going to see? Are you going to see the your view is the universe?
2: I don't know, because I honestly think that this is more of a physiological phenomenon i don't think it's a spiritual phenomenon so i think it's i think my body is going to show me whatever is going to make me feel calm and peaceful and that's not going to be visions of hell and high water and serpents and other things it's going to be visions of pretty fields with flowers in it and people that i find comforting and and those kinds of things
0: Mine would be a pizzeria yeah i love pizza Oh, yeah, me too. You want to, if I'm out and I, like, say my heart's on the table and they're trying to revive me, you know, let my body just go, oh, cheese, pepperoni, mushroom, onions. That'd be great. And I come back and go, why am I back here? But, you know, I think my perception would be if I had it, it would probably be a heaven and hell situation because that's how I was raised. And that's but hard. I was raised in fear with it. You don't do this. You don't eat meat on Fridays. Yeah. You, you because
2: know, I think if you're if you're raised Catholic, you're, it's mostly all punitive. What's in there, right? At a young age, so right? It's already in there,
0: and at one point, that was the biggest religion around. So, whatever our viewpoint, so what's an atheist going to do? You know? Yeah. Are they like, I was born an atheist. That's the way it was. Well, my friend is an atheist, and. He went to church. He did the whole thing, but he does not believe. And he is like, just boom. What you do on here it doesn't gonna It's not going to matter. You're going to hit the dirt. So, say you know, knock on wood, and nothing for God forbid anything happens. God forbid anything happens. That's huh. anyway. Um, he has a, a traumatic situation in his life. What is he going to see? Just a blank page, darkness. What I mean, nobody knows. Nobody. Knows. And we only have so much of resources of. I saw puppy dogs. And then I saw uh, demons. Well, do people see anything else out there? You know?
2: I mean, I would like to think that what's gonna happen is that one of my deceased family members is gonna show up and say, we're so glad you're here. We've been waiting for you. And they're gonna walk me through a beautiful field and I'm gonna feel super happy and light. I hope all those things happen. And then you're gonna meet God. But I gotta tell you, like my aunt passed away. I tried. Recently. <laughs> right. And I've been having, like, the this issue where, like, I, I've really been thinking about this a lot. Like, what happens when you die? Like, what do you feel? Does everything just go dark? Is there something else? Like, I, I don't know. And I think anytime you deal with death on any level, like, those questions are going to come up. But for some reason, it's been more prevalent this time. And, and I don't know, maybe it's because I'm getting older myself. But it's a scary thing to think that all of a sudden you're just not going to be breathing or
0: Well that or doing And what's things. driving that fear?
2: Right. That's so we thinking.
0: do not know the unknown. So we could tie this into our body is trying to calm us down because your brain is going, you know what, Allison? I think, I think your liver and your kidney and your heart is still good even though you got in this accident. And we can get you through this. So just take a breath. We're going to put you in a place for a minute. And you're going to get to see that it's okay. And then you're going to have to come back. You're going to have to fight, obviously. But that's when your brain says, okay, we're bringing you back around. But you know what? What you saw, and that could be people's perception. When they come back into the table where they're at, they're like pain. They're angry. And then once they figure it out, they go to this, oh, I know what I saw. I know what I feel. So I'm good.
2: There's one way we can end this debate once and for all. We can take a lot of ketamine. Let's
0: do it. Ketamine, yeah. (laughs) We should have took it before the show.
2: We can either... um, Isn't that a horse tranquilizer? Convince, well, it's an anesthetic and it's also a tranquilizer. But they have said that ketamine produces the same exact state of being that people that are at this near-death experience tend to have. So that's an option. Um, You can faint, because if you faint, that's pretty much the same thing. Loss of blood flow. Uh, you can convince a surgeon to give you what's called a standstill procedure, where they basically lower your body temperature down to like 60 degrees, which stops your heart, stops the flow of everything. Um, so, again, it's almost it's similar new, to like being in like an anor- like having like an aneurysm, like your body just shuts down. Um, but during this procedure, it's okay, your brain cells don't die because hypothermia that your body goes into actually slows your metabolism. Down to enough to like keep everything in stasis, so we could do that, um, or we could just uh, self asphyxiate. But my notes on that says, "Don't try; people die." And hmm. like, well, people like say that right as they're about to like completely, if they're strangling themselves, they get that euphoric high mm-hmm. feeling of like the same thing that a lot of people have in these near-death experiences. But people actually died well what's his face from
0: um in excess that's kind of how he was found because he was into the whole choking out Hmm. now what would you consider something like all right my mom a few years ago and we had this at a a discussion one of our roundtable discussions she was close to death and she saw faces and people around her Swirling around her, they were walking around the hospital bed. She goes, "Don't you see them?" And I was up there. She goes, "Don't you see them?" She goes, "No." I go, "What do they look like?" She goes, "The faces are hard to see, but they look native." And there's just and there's older gentlemen, lighter, but you can't really get a clear shot. But you kind of know. And they were circling the bed while well, her metabolism rate was dying, or not dying, but lowering itself down. And one of the people you know in the group was saying that they sped up. To come down to greet her as she was slowing because her metabolism was down. So I mean, was she in a you you like a state of where is she? Is she almost out of here? Is you know is the body saying okay, we're shutting you down? But it never happened. I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't know where where to draw the line because again. I'm probably going to answer my question right now. Again, scientists are here to just disprove everything. They're not here to prove everything. They're here to disprove everything. (laughs) And that's what they're doing. If we can give them an example why we saw a ghost, they're going to say, here's an example why you didn't, because that's what they do. And I'm not knocking their job, but doctors are the same way too. No, they look at the body in X's and O's and look at it that way, or linear, or however you want to do it. Well but.
2: science looks at it like it can be explained away, exactly. if they can recreate it in a scientific experiment. If they can yep. use in a controlled setting. Yep. They, if they, they can, do can it. create that same exact experience, wipe it off.: Exactly. And they can do that with this. They can make people faint and have these near-death experiences. They can, do, they can give them drugs and make them have these experiences. So if they can recreate it in a lab, chances are it's probably scientific. But let them try to recreate a ghost. Let them try to recreate an EVP. That stuff's not going to happen.
0: Nope. They can't do it. Nope. Well, you can. There's pretty good apps and software out there. Right, Rob?
1: There sure are in the Philip experiment. But anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we weren't around for that one, but <laughs> we're just, you know. Well, if anybody downstairs. out
2: there has had any near-death experiences... You should write to us. Shoot us an email. Hit us up on Facebook, and let us know what you think. It really is. And for... the...
0: Go ahead, Rob. I know you're going to throw us a call. Letters.
1: I'm just going to plug
2: it.
0: Plug.
1: Revving up my motorcycle first. <laughs> revving it up. Prayer Podcast at Gmail That was easy. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I just lost my thought. Sorry, it was
2: my
1: motorcycle revving. I shouldn't
2: have done that. It happens. You're you're out of here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. It could be near near death. That's Even cool you're here.
1: Yeah, I was revving my motorcycle just now. I crashed it.
0: And I know what I was gonna say. I had an NDE. With what? Hmm. People are liking ghost hunting, or ghost, or you go to a family's house. They feel embarrassed about what they see, hear, or feel. Same thing with these near death. You, you're in a hospital, you wake up and a, a lot of people they found out don't want to discuss it because guess what? You're in the medical field, you're telling your doctor, well, he's got this guy and he was over here and do 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 and then here comes Fluffy from the other way, they're probably going to think you're crazy. So they've actually found that a lot of people don't really come out right away and say, this is what happened, this is where I went, but I came back. And then, you know, of course you know your medical history, well, you died on the table. Well, automatically, people are starting to think, well, okay, I died on the... So I could have had a near-death experience, and this is what I saw. And then they start to come out of the woodwork, and then you start to hear the stories. But initially, they don't want to come out because it's a, it's a fear thing, or you're going to get laughed at, just like when we say, yeah, we ghost time. <clears throat> like, ghost? But until, any, until people can get like proof positive, this is just all We can debate all day on this stuff. Yeah. And I don't think I've answered any of my questions sitting around here talking about it, and I'm still on the fence. This is disappointing. We didn't solve anything this time. I mean, Bigfoot, we solved. Bigfoot, time <laughs> portal,
1: in and out. Roanoke, we solved that. Mm-hmm. Mothman, we got a lockdown on him, we know. hmm. I mean, The Big Thicket, we basically answered all the paranormal questions ever.
0: Ever? Almost. We should have the number one show in the country.
1: We probably do. I just haven't checked the, the metrics, so...
0: Okay. Yeah. So, what do you, so what's your thought? Does it happen or doesn't it happen? Oh, no, it happens.
2: We just don't know why.
0: Exactly. We Is can it... all
2: agree that people are experiencing something. Right. We just don't know why. Mm-hmm. Do you think
0: it's medical? Do you think it's religious?
2: I think it's medical with how it happens,
1: and I think religion can be how people interpret it. Damn! I think you just. Did I solve just it. solved it. That's it. There we go. <laughs> well,
0: Jeez. add that to the. There we go. Good pile. Check.
2: <laughs> Parable is done for the night.
0: You, oh yeah! Oh, we gotta go. Mic drop. Yeah. Oh.
2: It's been solved.
0: That's all right. The end of that. Right. I'll let you know when I come back. Okay. Is that all we got? That's all we got. All right, kids. Have fun. We'll see you next time. All right.